Hi everybody, I'm your host Scott Kellner, and you are tuned in to Digital Mentorship. Digital Mentorship is a podcast designed to educate college juniors, seniors, and current professionals about career possibilities. If you can think about what you wanted to do when you were declaring a major or getting ready to graduate, is that anything close to what you ended up doing? Do you think somebody else getting ready to graduate has any idea that a job or a career or a business like yours even exists? The goal of this podcast is to help narrow the gap between what individuals think their career must be and what it could be. Disclaimer time. Scott Kellner works in the private wealth management industry, and it's possible investments or securities are talked about on this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Welcome to Digital Mentorship. I'm your host, you're hot with Scott Kellner. I'm so happy to be here with my friend, uh, David Clark today. Digital Mentorship is a podcast all about helping people close the gap between what they feel like their career has to be and, and what it could be. So, um, pow, that's my cheesy drum roll because there was no production yet for this show. And I don't know when there's going to be, but that's okay. Um, so, uh, David, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, how you doing, Scott? Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. So, thank you for sending over uh, your resume and filling out the uh, little questionnaire I sent you. Um, so, David, you grew up in Northern California. You have, you have some pretty interesting experiences. You grew up in Northern California. Uh, you went to BYU, where you studied mm -hmm. Middle East studies and Arabic, right? Uh, you've had a lot of different jobs, kind of like mostly around, um, or, or a lot of it has to do with what I, I kind of feel like um, storytelling. I feel like a lot of your jobs are have, you know, you're passionate about multimedia, uh, audio, video. Uh, you've worked at the Apple Store. Um, you've had some other really interesting experiences that I'm excited to talk to you about. Um, and I think one of the things that I like to do on the show is I like to play two truths and a lie to kind of yeah. uh, to kind of uh, just get to know a little bit about you and and also uh, as kind of like a way to calm the nerves a little bit. Um, so you told me that you either uh, you, you turned down a job in Cairo at Apple. Uh, you've broken your upper and lower jaws and you've eaten reindeer. So one of those things is a lie. And I feel like, well, you haven't always been a vegetarian. I know you're a vegetarian, so I kind of want to say the reindeer thing is a lie, but you haven't always been one. Um, I've never, I believe that you turned down a job at Apple in Cairo because uh, you, you were an Apple employee uh, for several years and you were in Cairo for, you were in Cairo for quite a, uh, for how long? How long were you in Cairo? Uh, Almost maybe like eight or nine months. Yeah, eight or nine months. All together, and, two separate, all, to, all, all added up. And so I'm going to say that, but I also, I don't think I've, I feel like I've heard you talk about, I'm going to say the jaws. You, you, that's the lie. Is that the lie? The jaws, the, the, the claim that my upper and lower jaws have been broken is, yeah. is true. It's true. I, uh, I had, I, right around the age of 24, uh, it was determined that my jaw was too my lower jaw was too far forward and my upper jaw was too far back and they did uh they broke both 
and moved them, uh, so jaw back below and, and upper jaw forward. And uh, then what? What was that like rehab process? Did you have to drink through a straw for a while? That yeah, that was that a few weeks of uh, be, having a uh, wired jaw, and then and that was all, like liquid diet for a little while. Yeah, and then um, and then slowly slowly gained my my strength back it was a little it was a little strange to to get used to the the new setup and what did you have uh a favorite drink or beverage at that time that you remember my stepdad had the same my stepdad had a similar procedure and he was he was like the guy that he would he would puree like steak and he would puree like a traditional uh dinner and then drink it and i I tried I, i did I remember trying to blend. Uh, my family was having um, like Reuben sandwiches, Ooh. and I love I love the taste of. I, I'm, it's one of my favorite foods when I've when I've eaten them. Like I don't eat much meat anymore, but a Reuben sandwich is like I, I I crave them all the time. And when I couldn't eat it, I wanted to, to taste it, so I blended it and and uh, drank that through a straw. Which which was the lie then the reindeer thing, or the job? Oh, I have to say the reindeer thing is true as well. <laughs> um, th- though uh, I I did I so I did not get offered a job in Cairo mm, from by Apple. That was a lie. They they did, there was an opportunity to work for them in Abu Dhabi. So it was like a tweak, mm, a tweak was, to to the truth. Yeah. Well, Those are the most a, dangerous lies, Scott. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm. It, you can, you can tell yourself something over and over again, and eventually your subconscious will start to believe it. Yeah. Uh, and and so one of the things that you really want me to ask you about, and I don't know, like exactly, I have no idea where you're going with this because you just put three, two groups of three letters. You say, oh. I asked, is there something you really want me to ask you about? And you said ESG and YNH. What do those mean to you? Well, ESG to me, I think, I mean, we both work for, so I, I did a bad job introducing you already because I didn't even mention that we work together. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how we know each other. We're coworkers. That's, we're coworkers. And uh, I think about ESG in our career, right, as, as private wealth managers, Albion Financial Group, there's a nice plug right there, uh, is in, in terms of environmental, uh, social, and governments, so it's kind of like ESG investing. Um, and so that's what I, that's what that means to me. And then I don't know what YNH means. Uh, uh, you were just uh, you kind of were in your in your template before uh, set, uh, setting up this interview. You were asking if there was anything else that I am interested in talking about. And I think those things are uh, so ESG. Yeah, is is what you're describing. And I think that um, just the concept of investing in. Um, that uh, tends to be the idea that, that people want to invest in these values that they believe in, and then you feel better about your investing because you you feel like you're you're not just um, supporting something willy nilly that or who knows connected to a, a negative outcome um, industry. You can choose the industries that you want to support, and and you can set them up around values, and then. You can feel like your, uh, you know, your purchasing power is 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 backing up is backing up your your, your um you know 
what, what is it like your your actions are lined up with your your words and or your or your desires if you're someone who cares about the environment let's say you have the opportunity to invest in in innovations that are happening to improve the environment uh, you know our relationship with the environment and to um to so these kinds of things are exciting to think that you can be involved in in making the world a better place by 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 choosing so but i mean we wouldn't have gotten there without giving the context that we are that we work in a in a financial indus, in the financial industry i suppose and i didn't know about this term really until until more recently i feel like it's become kind of i i hadn't heard of the term more than 4 or 5 years ago when did you first hear of esg um, ESG is something that uh, has come up in my fun, in studies in my um, in the CFA program talks about ESG. I think I probably first heard of I, I knew about it before Albion. I mean, I knew about mm -hmm. it before Albion, and um, but I think it kind of used to be um, it didn't always used to be called ESG. It was kind of called like sustainable investing uh. um, or maybe kind of different. But I think I think it's kind of started to uh, come together almost as like a brand, almost as like a brand. Um, in terms of environmental, social, and governments, uh, governance, um, and and I think um, you know a lot of I I enjoy investing my values. I think it's something that one of the, for instance, one of the companies that um, I'm kind of like looking at um, investing in right now is Eli Lilly, just because um, they're working on an Alzheimer's drug, and mm -hmm. I have people in my family who suffer from Alzheimer's, and I'm interested in supporting a company that's working on. Um, a cure for that and um, to kind of just to your point and um, why well, and so what is so what is YNH? Uh, YNH is the, those are the initials of an author that I admire and his name is Yuval Noah Harari. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, and uh, and I think that just uh, ever since I came across his literature his his three books and his I've also have like obsessed over him um, he's a media figure that I that I, I kind of uh, it's, it's, I have to be careful because when I come across, I, I was going to mention this to you. I'm excited you're doing this podcast because, uh, you know, I know you were friends and, uh, you know, I know how great you are, but it doesn't, the world doesn't know, you know, and, and a media platform like YouTube or however you're going to be distributing this gives the world an opportunity to get to know you and, and you're going to kind of sow your DNA into this project that you're working on. I think that's, um, that's really great. And I, I, as a consumer of media, I love getting to know, I, I have all of this, this um, pantheon of media figures that I, that I hold in high esteem. And um, like you've all know, Harari is probably one of the highest up there. And I, I, I look to him as, as a source of, you know, uh, historical knowledge and, and um, you know, human behavioral knowledge, stuff like that. He's, he's a, just a wealth of knowledge. And I do also think that he's tuned in to what what is happening in the world right now in in a way that we can kind of expect um, expect certain things to happen in the near future. You know, we can kind of see the that you can't tell the future exactly, but you can see trends that are happening in 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 the world in in business and work. Let's say, for example, in in labor, and you can you can map out how the future might be a little different. And uh, Yuval Noah Harari does this with some talent, I think. And so reading through his ideas is a great way to prepare f prepare for the future as well as you can. Uh, 
on the subject of careers, uh, I know, and and digital mentorship is 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 geared to, a little bit towards helping people along in their careers, especially newcomers to to life, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of that was kind of the idea. Was it's supposed to be um, something that uh, you know I'm passionate about um, working with young people and mentorship in general, and I think the idea for the podcast uh, just kind of like sprung up um, through through some other projects I was working on. I was actually talking to a friend um, that I was working on some of these projects with, named Dallin Hall, who works um, for Amazon. He works for a grocery and Amazon. And he kind of encouraged me to do this. He kind of encouraged me to do this. He thought that I'd be, he thought that I would be great at it. And he kind of had, he kind of had a similar idea to, he, he kind of wanted to start this podcast himself. He was like, maybe we could be podcast buddies. Um, and so, uh, Dan, I hope you're not, I hope you don't feel like I stole your idea. He did encourage me to do it though. Uh, you want uh, podcast buddies so you can kind of cross promote and you can, uh, boost each other in your yeah. efforts. It's a, you, it's an, it's a networking thing that make that, that, that helps to have mul- multiples. Right. And you, uh, by the way, you, you should come on my podcast and uh, again, and, and promote <laughs> this, this show on there. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention about a specific thing about Yuval Noah Harari is, you know, in his, uh, I, I, in his YouTube videos, he, where, where he gets interviewed all the time. He, he, he does probably 20 interviews a year and you can just listen to these great questions getting thrown at a really smart guy. And he gets asked about, um, what a person's career can, can look like, but potentially in the, in, in the, in the coming future. And uh, his advice to, to to young people and who have careers coming up is to expect for lots of uh, change and like tumult in in a variety of industries, and and to expect and and to forget what you've seen with your parents and and, and your grandparents as far as like choosing one career and sticking to it and having it define your identity, and then you retire at the end of a long life at a career. Uh, that is, things are changing so fast now that you you should expect to change careers every ten years, maybe because we're going to be uh, as humans, we're going to become obsolete or re- we're rep- going to be replaced, and 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 we're going to be freed up to to do other things with our time. Well, I think um, I like that. I like that idea, uh, and I think it makes a lot of I mean you and I think just to to kind of go back to your resume you've done a lot of different stuff you've done a lot of different I had no idea that you spent uh, a summer working for the CIA yeah I did that I did that in 2006 (laughs) Uh, and one of the things that I really uh, appreciate about you or respect about I mean I respect a lot of things about you David but um, I love your passion for language Um, I you speak or you know uh, uh, pretty well four four languages: English, Spanish, Arabic, and Catalan. Catalan. Yeah, yeah. I kind of uh, and in that order, I know them best. I'd say English, I know the best, and then Spanish, and then and is a little bit less strong than my English, and then Arabic is a little weaker, I'd say, and then Catalan is quite a bit weaker than that. And though all those languages um, are just ones that I've had. I've been immersed in over time and I really do like, I wish life were long enough that you could get to know more languages. I, you know, I, I, I haven't done a lot of language learning recently. I do the, I do enjoy language still and, and I, I read or I do crossword puzzles, but I haven't like done foreign language learning. And I think I've kind of 
given up on the idea of learning any more languages, really. But it's fun knowing a few, and I think it's a nice it's 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 a nice way to have a perspective on the human experience to 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 be able to kind of see the world through a different set of vocabulary. It feels like you're thinking differently. And so when you were when you were growing up, you did an LDS mission in Barcelona. Yeah, right. And how did you how did you end up uh, how did you end up? I guess I'm curious how you ended up like in the in the Middle East. Like how did you end up in Egypt uh, from Barcelona? I guess you were just you were in that part of the world and you wanted to travel. Well, I was um, not quite not not exactly. No, I I got back from uh, Spain, and I it was um, I had to decide what my my it was my second year of school at that point. I had done one year before going on on that Mormon mission. And then when I got back, I had uh, to decide what to study. And coming back from Spain was it, it's a wonderful experience to to get to know Spain. I have I have to recommend it to everyone. <laughs> uh, it's just it's a delight. And and knowing about their culture and learning their language and and understanding the the richness of that experience, um, you can and and thinking oh you can find this elsewhere in the world as well. And I was curious about the Middle East. I think the Middle East has a lot of, um, I mean, obviously it's like the cradle of human, um, you know, it's like the cradle of humanity. It's where yeah. kind of where we all came from. And um, it, so lots of interesting history. The language is, is an interesting factor. I wanted to learn the language. Um, it, uh, there, 2001 is when I was making... Uh, this decision kind of, or I'd say like 2003. Uh, to, but I was like trying to decide, 2001 is when I left for, um, or 2002 is when I left for Spain and I got back in 2004. So it was all during that time that I was trying to decide what to study. Uh, Spain has a connection to the Middle East in that, um, the you know, for for 600 years, the, the Moors were, they they had conquered Spain and they 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 influenced a lot of the 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 culture the the architecture the the language and everything so there's lots of words in Spanish that are impacted from Arabic so when you're learning Spanish and you're looking up roots of words you dead end at Arabic a lot and so it does it presented itself Arabic to me as a as like the next thing to learn down the chain of of Spanish a little bit I mean there's it's the, so that. I was curious. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing, a language. And, um, so the, the idea, I think my dad threw this idea at me in, in 2004, he was saying like, look, the, uh, the government's going to be looking for Arabic speakers. And so it'll be a useful skill. And I thought, okay, that sounds, sounds interesting. And it sounds like a secure job prospects. So I went forward with it and it was no, you know, it was great. No, no regrets. I didn't end up working in, in, that field at all but the 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 arabic part the language was interesting the middle eastern studies major was interdisciplinary it had classes that were um like history classes and then science uh, political science classes and uh, religion classes and you know all these different aspects and the lang language was like the keystone of of the whole thing it was a really great experience though i recommend cairo to people yeah 
If, uh, if, I, I've seen that picture of you on the back of a camel. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a great, that was a great picture. And so you've kind of done, uh, so you've, you've worked for the CIA. You taught English in Cairo for nine months. Yeah. yeah. And you've been, you, I know you're passionate about movies and media. So you have, you were a movie a video editor for movie networks. Oh, uh, move, move networks. Move networks. I was like a, not a movie editor exactly, I, to, to fill in some of the gaps. I, don't, I think move networks is no longer a thing, but for a period of time, they were this intermediary like streaming software service in, in that they were down in American Fork, Utah. And uh, they would um, kind of compress video footage and make it available to, to large audiences. Um, and they did this for sporting events more than anything. So it wasn't, it was editing, uh, it was live editing of uh, football, like uh, college football or tennis, uh, you know, the Australian Open. And you'd wait for the, the play to go, the players to play, then they would have a break, then they would go to commercial, then you would tell the local, you would tell like the streaming service, okay, go to ad and then go to break to, to, to run ads. And then you'd watch the ads and make sure that they didn't interrupt the gameplay. I, you, you were kind of managing the streams of ads and stuff like that. That that was what I was doing more than in editing, really. Yeah, well, it's almost it's kind of like kind of uh, uh, producing, sort of in a way, almost uh, sure. in terms in terms of like yeah, cuts a commercial. Uh, uh, this mic turn that turn that guy's mic off. Whatever. Uh, and then you did some painting. Then you did a job. Uh, you drove a shuttle at the MTC. Yeah. Um, and then, and then eventually, you know, the thing that I feel like you're most passionate about um, was you worked at the Apple Store for a long time. And yeah, I did. Yeah, I worked there for just over four years, I'd say, uh, down in Salt Lake City uh, Gateway Mall, and then in, in we moved over to the the where it is now, the City Creek Mall. Right. Have, uh, uh, you probably have been a. a, a a customer in one of those stores before. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And uh, and I've always, you know, you're at Albion, especially. You know, we have a good cohort of people at Albion that uh, came from the Apple Store. Obviously, Joe, yeah. Mr. Wayne, yeah. and uh, and you guys always help me whenever. Whenever the, it's fun being a part of your little group sometimes because uh, I feel like I, I kind of know know things about uh, Apple products. Or how do you, you know certain features or whatever that you know maybe the average user wouldn't necessarily know, and um, but then I guess so. I mean the thing that I feel like I kind of want to boil down or get to is you have all of this experience, and it kind of goes like this. I feel like it's it's not it's not uh, uh, you went from you know working to the C, working for the CIA to mm. uh, producing uh, live sporting events to working for a painter. Uh, and then, and then the Apple store and, and I mean, so you've, you've done a lot of different stuff and I guess I wonder, you know, how, and, and now, you know, we both work for a private wealth manager. Um, you know, we're both operations associates. Um, and I guess I wonder like, how has that diversity in experience, um, how has it helped you in your job? Um, why does this seem like the job that you're sticking with now, or you seem like committed to, what is it about private wealth management that um, you really like? Um, I guess why, uh, I'm kind of like asking you a lot of questions all at once, but maybe you just talk about how you feel like your experience has helps you in your current role first. 
Um, well, I see, and I, I see what you're saying about the the weaving um, kind of plot line that that it seems like zigzaggy and that there's no thread. And I'm sure that's what my parents were thinking all all along the way <laughs> as I was uh, not not making any sense with my career path to them. But uh, you know, getting out of school and going to work at the app, Apple Store for me was like it was the obvious like next step. And when I got hired to work there, I was thrilled to, to kind of jump from having graduated from school finally to, to go to this. Um, it's kind of a, an academic environment a little bit. It's, you know, retail, but it's also Apple corporate bleeds down into it. And it's, um, it's kind of a, it's where the humanities and the technology intersect. So that was like a fun, it was, I, I didn't really know that much about computers. I, d I don't have like a computer. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, uh, a background or, or training, but I knew how to get around. I could help my mom fix something that was going wrong with the router or something like that. So, uh, the, the, the opportunity presented itself and I was looking for a job. So like it, it, it and I wanted to live in Salt Lake city from having lived in Provo and Orem. And so I was dying to live in Salt Lake city. I, I, I had visited so many times that I thought I really just want to live there. And yeah, I lived downtown right by you know the the store and it was a, it was a, a wonderful way to live i i think uh, working at the place where i enjoyed the products and i enjoyed the community that i was working with but then finally you know after a while you do get you do it, it is hard work and and you have to kind of justify why you're still at this place of business you know when you why you know you're making all these people up above you rich or you're helping slave uh uh, you're helping slave labor continue in in wherever they're mining for for um, precious metals for their batteries. But all these things are conflicting ideas as you're trying to justify why you're working for this company still. And it's just you, the story that I always told myself to feel comfortable was like I'm I'm really I'm helping people every day. You know, working at the Genius Bar, you're just like helping dozens of people with critical problems in their lives. They, they're trying to figure out how to communicate or how to like do business on their, on their devices. They're trying to have, or, or they're just trying to like listen to music or whatever they're trying to do, but they're, they're trying to live their life better with these devices that aren't always working and they need to fix them. And so it's fun. It was fun to help people with their problems. Cause I knew that I knew how to help. And it feels like a service that you're providing. Like it feels good to provide a service. I think that to me, it boiled down. I could do this for the rest of my life because it's like it feels good to help people with their problems, you know. And and then not only was that cool to do just because it felt good to provide service, but doing it in the context of the Apple Store, it's this buzzing um, energy from everyone that kind of feels the same way. Everybody's pretty jazzed about helping, and you feel it's just a, a world of positivity. And you're also using cool new technology that's getting updated all the time. So you feel like you're on the cutting edge of what's happening in the world. So I, I would, I, I really loved it and I would go back and do it again. I, 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 and I love all the people that I still, I still am in touch with. And I, and I only left because one of our other coworkers mentioned that he, uh, he, he left Apple to go to, to work where we work now at Albion. And he, he was like, you're going to love it here. If, if, and, and, it's great. And, um, and I, so I, I followed him over and really it's, it's, it's not a zigzag for me. It feels like I'm still doing 
service. I'm doing a very valuable service for, for people who need it and they, they appreciate it. I get, um, I get a, a very, like very reasonably compensated and, and I get to work with a cool team that is again, like they're, they're jazzed to get this work done and get, to get it done well and to solve these problems. And the problems keep changing too. At Apple, it did get kind of repetitive for me. Like, yeah, like you get at a certain point, you run out of um, finding the, the the joy the joy in the repetition of the same kind of problems happening over and over again. And there's you can always find you you can get other jobs. There's always something interesting new to do at the Apple Store. But I thought, okay, this this uh, opportunity to work here at Albion presents um, a whole world of new knowledge to acquire. Like I I have a lot to learn. I don't know. I don't really know anything. And I, and so it's an invitation to absorb this new industry. I had, I had no, no knowledge of wealth management and what, what the world uh, of wealth management looks like, let alone the the city of Utah or or the city of Salt Lake or, or the state of Utah and what, what the industry looks like here. And it's, um, it feels really good to be part of a company that is here in this, is doing this service for, for local or, 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 um, for national, um, clients who, who need our help. Yeah, it's cool. I th- I, I know what you mean about like the threat of, of like helping people. I can see, um, in terms of, of, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all client service. At the end of the day, it's all about how you make people feel. It's all about, um, while you, while you fix their problems. And I think, um, I mean, I just think that one of the things that's impressive about your experience, I feel like you have to be like pretty uh, courageous or like pretty adventurous. Like you seem like an adventurous kind of dude. Like you're not, you're not scared of a big change or cause I, I couldn't, ima- I would have a hard time. Um, I, I feel like going and just doing, uh, uh, I mean, in, in the context of what you do, the client service thing, you know, that's the same, but doing it almost like a 180 from like very tech and product focused to financial planning and and numbers focused, um, I think it seems like seems like a big change, and I feel like you you need probably need to be really brave to do that. So kudos um, kudos to you. And I guess what um, you know, just talking about uh, talking about what we do. Do you feel like um, any of your experience like helps you um, in your job currently? Like, do you think some of the things that you learned? Um, at Apple help you in your client service experience at Albion or maybe some of your other, um, maybe some of your other uh, work experiences? Like, does that stuff, do you feel like that stuff translates in terms of being able to do your job at Albion? I, I do feel that way. I, I, and now, and when I started at Albion, I was more front facing, I'd, I'd say, and more, yeah. um, you worked it, with Liz, you were, yeah. you were an associate wealth advisor. Yeah. Working in, uh, in meetings with clients and, um, emailing and calling clients a lot. I, I still end up being on the phone occasionally with, with clients. So that, that hasn't disappeared altogether, but, um, that was, uh, that for me was the obvious, uh, you know, human exchange and being, being in, involved in the, in the, uh, the, the very human services that we offer it, it, it involves being in the room with the person and and he, listening to the to to what they are feeling and worrying about and 
And so it, it involves listening and then asking questions and listening and, and writing everything down. And um, it, it, it was a, a thrilling thing from, to do, I think. And, and, and it really did match exactly what, what was happening at the Apple store for me. You know, people are, you know, the, the concerns people have about their technology are so, so same, like the anxiety around technology and making sure it's working right. Oh, my phone died is like, oh, oh, my, my, my bank account's broken. Like <laughs> it would make you feel so anxious, right? You know, so that just feeling and, you know, there's not always anxiety when you're talking to clients or, or customers at the Apple store. Sometimes it's just um, pleasantries and, and everything's, and, and you get getting to know each other. And, um, and so it's, yeah, I feel like it's, it's very similar. Like the arc connects the two. For me, that's a career, an obvious career path. Uh, I guess, you know, I, I feel like the technical stuff learning that was, was the, um, the carrot that kind of brought me into it. And, and I do feel glad that I got to kind of learn the, learn the trade of, uh, the pair planner and then, and then get to, to, to kind of grow into the operations role has been, um, has been exciting as well. I think that the challenges are, are varied, you know, and, and my, and the puzzles that I have to kind of solve, I have to learn new things all the time and get to work with team members in, in new fun ways all the time. And especially this last year with changing things up to working from home, just being flexible and depending on the team in different ways. I don't know. It, it's all, it's all the same. And, and I, I remember the team thing is, uh, uh, you know, at Apple, they really do bake this like um, this, it's like, a, it's all, almost like a cult. People talk about it with Apple. Like you're part of this, like, it's not just fans and, and customers that are, but, but when you're an employee, you're part of this tribe and you're in a so tight knit and you're in the trenches together when you're helping on the, at the genius bar or at a, at a launch of a new product. And, um, you, you get, you, you become close and, uh, and you feel close with every other Apple retail employee in the world, you know, and now working at a small company, 20, 26 people or whatever we have. Mm. And uh, you feel, you do feel that same bond, you know, but it's just, it's just connected to the people in the building or now the people federated out to their, you know, zoom rooms. Right. Well, um, and so I guess, um, what, what do you think that, uh, if you were going to give somebody advice or if you were going to give yourself advice, uh, when you, when you were kind of, uh, maybe when you came back from your mission or somebody who's maybe in their second or third year of school and they're trying to make a decision about, um, you know, what they need to major in or what they want to do. Like, what, what do you think you would say to that person? I would say, uh, follow your curiosity and, but then also be prepared. Yeah. Uh, be prepared to be flexible and, um, and, uh, and, let what happens uh happen you know i think uh don't and don't don't intend to be committed necessarily to one career your whole life uh be be ready and prepared you know i i guess what i mean to say is i think my it would be hard to tell people how to prepare for life in general if if they have if all they can expect is change like you tell them if they, if they're going to become an engineer or a uh, a programmer, 
when the, when the programming jobs get replaced by uh, computers, then you know, then then what? I don't, I, you know, I, you can't, you can't, uh, you just have to be ready to pivot and do something that robots don't do yet, and do something that feels that that might satisfy your your curiosity, right? I don't know. I think I think. Um, uh, I mean, I worry about uh, um, AI uh, coming for our jobs in private wealth yeah, management. Our jobs I also are, think, yeah, the first to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, robo advisors and and everything like that. But I think one of the things that you do a really good job of that uh, a machine will never be able to do is uh, to build really meaningful relationships. I think with your coworkers and with your friends. And um, it's one of the things that I really enjoy about working with you and having you as a friend. And, uh, and I think that totally translates from your experience at Apple to working in private wealth management. Um, so I don't think you have anything to worry about. Dan. You'll be able to, we'll be able to pivot when the, when the robots come and, yeah. and, and, and uh, flatten our industry. Uh, uh, you, we'll, you'll be able to pivot uh, into, into another role where, um, you're talking to people, building relationships, helping people, um, and I'm not worried about you. David. It does, yeah. It does feel like already there's been a lot of pivoting of of tasks, uh, and and I see those things changing all the time. I mean, this year is different than last year, which was different than the year before, and I think it's hard it's hard to tell, but big changes feel like they're coming uh, down the down the line, and yeah, I think that the only way the only thing I can do is just be ready to be flexible and not, um, not fight change too much, I guess. And, and, uh, you know, if the idea of you say, I, I, I seem like I've kind of committed or picked, picked a career now for, for to go, to go forward with it for the rest of my life. I, I suppose that's true. I would be okay doing that. But, um, I, I you know, if something, if something else were to come along, uh, there's always that, uh, that something else, I suppose. I, I, there's the kind of the the wistful me that thinks about the, um, like friends, a friend of mine who who quit his job uh, at the Apple Store, and went and in, uh, in, dove full full on into uh, video, uh, filmmaking and and creative work. I is that, is that the guy who follows Tommy Rivers around? Oh no, that's no? a different friend. That's my that's yeah that's a different friend. Um, that guy, that guy's cool too, though. Yeah, Steve, Steve and Amy. Uh, it's uh, a couple. It's a couple that they do that. Uh, right. They they go and do that together. Uh, they. Uh, but the idea that idea of, um, you know, a cr- creative. I uh, you know when I was in school, and part of what took me so long to finish school was like I was, I I didn't. It wasn't a formal uh, minor, but I was I was taking classes in filmmaking a little bit, and I enjoyed filmmaking. I I, I enjoy cinema quite a bit, and I I I am I'm sad about the tragic kind of death of cinema in 2020. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? Hopefully, it'll it'll revive itself. But uh, I I a part of me always kind of there, there's those dream scenarios where uh, that, that part of me that was taking filmmaking classes was, you know, I had ideas and dreams of, of creating, uh, movies and, and being involved in the, in the movie industry. Those, those, 
those never die, you know, you have those in the back of your head. And, but then, then again, um, I do just enjoy watching movies and, and talking about them. And I don't know if I do need to, I, I'm, I'm satisfied if life happens, if, if uh, my life comes and goes, and I've just been a consumer and a, an enth enthusiast. If I don't end up being involved in the making of, of anything, that's fine. But there, there's always, uh, I'm trying to be open to those possibilities still. I uh, uh, I think one day you you'll find yourself on a on a movie set or a TV show set. I think I think I think you'll figure it out. I believe. And they'll say, "Sir, you're lost." <laughs> the, <laughs> the exit's there. The exit's uh, there. How did you get eating. in here? Yeah, yeah. Put down the donut. <laughs> uh, David, well, I feel like we could talk about. I feel like we could keep talking and talking uh, forever, but I think I don't want the uh, the shows. I'm trying to keep them about thirty or 40, 45 minutes long. Okay. Uh, have we, but thank have you. We... Yeah, I think I think I think we're good. I think we're okay. good. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for helping me. This is the second one. Second one in the bang. Good job. Uh, I feel like it was a success. I do want to quickly comment. Are you in a closet? Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. That's where your podcast setup is. This is where I record the CrossPod Wordcast with my friend Daniel. Daniel. And we, well, he's on. He's in a different room in a different city. And yeah, this is the downstairs, uh, the closet, the tool. This is the tool room and closet. It, it's a multi-purpose, uh, multi-purpose room storage space. Yeah. Well, I'm still I'm still working on figuring out how my my setup's going to be. So I might have to. I know you know I might have to ask you for some for some help. I like the microphone arm that you have. Uh, yes, nice. um, I'm happy to talk to you about it a little bit. Also, my friend uh, Daniel that I mentioned, uh, right. co-host of uh, the CrossPod Wordcast with me, we, he, he's a, a useful resource for, for these kinds of products too. Uh, I guess quickly, uh, you know, if people want to follow you, reach out to you at LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Yes, yes. Uh, no, What's no. the easiest way? No. Twitter. Twitter, uh, you're big on Twitter. I guess you can find me on Twitter. Yeah, sure. I'm on, Twitter. on Twitter and then the cross five wordcast, which is your, your podcast. That's uh, on YouTube. Where you, yeah. That's on YouTube. You guys are on Twitter as well at Xpod wordcast at, at Xpod wordcast. Um, yeah, just come find me. You, I'm, um, easy to find. I think there's not that many of, uh, there's not that many podcasts called cross pod wordcast. That's, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, David, again, thank you so much. I'm going to, I'm going to end the recording now. Okay.